dumb, stupid, fucking piece of shit. If you're a fucking weeaboo, then boy, do I have the sticker for you. Patreon.com slash Asterios. This month's sticker of the month is Rand Paul's Anime Punchers, made by Mimi Yori. It's Rand Paul punching Nagatoro-san in her dumb, stupid cunt face. I hate that bitch. I want to throw her in a ditch. But if you love it, you can get the sticker. Just $15 gets you a unique sticker every single fucking month. They're all good. They're all great. You can put them anywhere. You can put them on your wall. You can put them on your school books. I gave one to my friend and she put it underneath her desk because she didn't want to look at my face. Patreon.com slash Asterios. It's another episode of everybody's favorite podcast. Uh, Saranta tries to red pill her family and fails. <laughs> Welcome back to the loudest podcast, loudest podcast on the internet. My name's Saranta, and I'm here to say that I'm sorry that this episode is probably late. <laughs> it's not late. It'll be out right on time. It was, we were having internet connection problems last night because my mom was sitting on her ass watching our thousandth episode of Extreme Cheapskates. <laughs> I'm visiting my parents. Now, these are the guys where they're like, I found a bunch of coupons and it made me buy a house, right? Isn't all their couponing bullshit? No one can coupon their way into like a trip to Florida. Yeah, no, uh, the one I was watching last night, these are like, it's not just couponing, it's extreme cheapskates. It was the saddest episode of it I've ever seen because the guy was like talking about his divorce. He's like, I'm addicted to saving money and my ex-wife just couldn't handle it. I'm addicted to saving money. Okay, (laughs) tell me a little bit more about this if there's more to tell. Oh yeah, so they go to this restaurant where she's sitting there. She's like, you have to get an appraisal for the house because I'm not... just gonna sit here and say that, oh, uh, the house is worth uh, $250,000 because you said it is. And he's like, (laughs) I don't want to spend the money. And then he gets up, walks across the restaurant and starts picking food off of somebody's plate when they're in the bathroom. And the ex-wife is like, what the fuck are you doing, Josh? Sit down. And he's like, it's like half a sandwich there. It's fine. He's not even waiting for them to leave the restaurant. They didn't even leave. So, okay, so a rando comes back and half his sandwich is gone and Josh has a mouthful of sandwich. And Josh Josh is like, I refuse to get the house appraised. The house is worth what I think, what I say it's worth. You'll get half of the $5 the house is worth. The guy lives uh, with plastic wrap all over his floors and everything in his house because he wants to keep the house in pristine condition. And he also doesn't want to waste the money, uh, you know, total waste of money in Florida uh, cooling your entire house. So what he does is he sleeps in a closet (laughs) with a bunch of fans, literally in the closet with a bunch of fans. So that way he doesn't have to turn on the HVAC system. Okay, so this isn't extreme cheapskates. This is extreme assholes, right? Like, that's really what the show is? Like, this guy's a real son of a bitch. This guy sucks. Extreme average man in Florida. (laughs) I suppose. I fucking suppose so. I mean, but look, how how the hell do you marry a guy who's keeping his house in mint condition like it's a fucking WWE wrestling doll? Like, like, how 
How are there not giant red flags everywhere? I imagine that this is some kind of traumatic response to something happening because the lady was like, they're interviewing the ex-wife too because they're in the process of getting a divorce. And she was like crying. She's like, yeah, one of the reasons why I fell in love with Josh is because he was very good with money and then it got worse and worse. It's like, oh my God, this is so sad. Yeah, look, it's definitely a traumatic response to something uh, but at the same time, like, don't make your trauma my fucking problem. I want to be able to sit on the couch. The only people <laughs> that are allowed to wrap up their couches are 90-year-old moms. That's it. Those are the only ones. My mom had the thing where we had a carpet, but then we had a big plastic barrier, and we were only allowed to walk on the barrier. And, wh- and like, why was she trying to keep the carpeting mint condition in case she ever threw one of those parties I never saw her throw <laughs> in the 38 years I've known her? Yeah, my mom does that shit, too. She has this big uh, section of plastic right in front of the front door, and she also claims it's for a party. I'm like, Mom, I have never once heard of or seen a friend. <laughs> that you yes! Who are you inviting exactly. this party? Me? I don't care if your front door is clean. Please take the plastic off. One time, my mom unsealed the the carpet, which was Christmas. One time, and I was like, I was like, oh my god, this carpet is untouched. This carpet is like mint condition, nineteen eighty two. This carpet watched Alf. This carpet solved the Rubik's Cube. This carpet cried when the Challenger exploded. I love this carpet! Vintage, as a little treat, you can have a little bit of floor. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm visiting my parents uh, like a fucking abusive, uh, abused housewife. I know it's going to be terrible. I keep coming back for more, though. I don't know why I do it. I love it. When you visit your parents, do you have that thing where it's like, at first, they're super keen and excited to see you, and then the honeymoon period wears off, and they're like, what are you going to do, just sit on the floor all day? No, my parents don't wait to start criticizing me. They start criticizing me immediately. The moment I walk in the house... Have you washed your hands? I could be on the way to the bathroom with my hand on the doorknob (laughs) carrying six fucking suitcases. I'm like, have you washed your hands? Like, I'm about to wash my hands. I know it's dirty outside. They're also like, you sleep all day. You sleep all day. You sleep all day. You stay up all night. You sleep all day. I'm like, look, mom, I understand I sleep all day. I don't know if you know how work works now, but a lot of us just don't do it. A lot of us just don't work now. That's what that's what working from home means. It means sleeping all day. I'm sorry on the future is based. Yeah, no, my mom does the exact same shit. Here's the five fucking stages of grief that I go through every single time I go home. First, they're very happy to see me. My mom is super happy to see me. She picks me up at the train station. She's like, oh, hey. She gives me a big hug. She's like, I love you. I'll make you anything you want for dinner. And then the honeymoon period wears off. And she's sick of having me around. And she just criticizes every fucking thing I do. Like, oh, are you sitting on your ass? Why are you sitting on your computer all day? Get a job. And I'm like, I have a job. I'm at my job right now. My job is to sit on my ass on the computer. And then, this is my least favorite stage, the impossible chore request. Wait, what? (laughs) The impossible, like, hey, Sierra, I'm going to work. Can you all go build us a deck or something? 
I've started to get in front of the impossible chores. I texted my mom a week before I showed up and I said, if there's anything you need to be brought up or downstairs, <laughs> put it aside now. I don't want to hear that you were going up and downstairs when you knew I would be there. But then one time I'm on the fucking phone and I'm clearly presenting a PowerPoint deck. I, it could not be clear that I'm like, as you can see, revenues are up, costs are down. And she walks in and she's like, I need help installing this air conditioner. <laughs> and I'm like, mom. I, I, so I go, I go, give me one sec, guys. I go on mute. I'm, I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm on the phone right now. Could you just give me like one minute? And then she goes, no, then I'm just going to install the air conditioner myself. And my like 80-year-old mom starts trying to lift a giant air conditioner. I'm like, mom. This can't wait literally 10 minutes. Like, you have to condition the air right now. And I go, Dad, help me with Mom. And Dad goes, she's not going to listen. Like, Dad is just, like, totally resigned. He's already, like, starting the minivan to go to the hospital. He's just like, yeah, this is how it's going to be. That's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, my mom does that too. I was a big feature of when I was a kid is I'd wake up and the, everything would just smell like ozone. My mom would burst my room and be like, we're cleaning the carpets now. Get up. <laughs> I know everything is so urgent. There's always, a, oh, by, by the way, I was also just home for two weeks. I got, I got back to Brooklyn a little bit ahead of Sierra. Yeah, but I, I yeah, it's, oh, it's like World War Three for the fridge. It's like, we have to get in there. And, and, and clean out this ground. And it's like, it's 5 a.m. on a Saturday. What? Why are we doing this? Yeah, I realize there's been freezer-burned shrimp in the freezer for two years. But now is the day that you will get off your ass and clean out the freezer. So after the impossible chore request starts coming. That's in the phase That's the phase we're in right now, by the way. You know what my chore is today? I have to paint this entire fucking office. And she asked me to paint the entire office today. Uh, after that, then comes the guilt trip, which, uh, my mom's version of that is she'll come home and cause my mom works at a hospital and I'll be like, Hey mom, how was work? Same thing every day. She's like, Oh, it was terrible. There were so many patients, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, and you didn't do the dishes. You just wish I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking guilt trip. And then uh, shortly after the guilt trip, I will leave. And then she'll be like, why don't you stay longer? <laughs> yes. I know. Yes. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're fucking talking about there. See, for me, <laughs> I have to, for me, it's worse because they'll guilt me about not doing the dishes, but then they'll be like, you put the dishes in the wrong place. Like five days later, I'll be getting texts of photos of bowls that are that were on the mi middle shelf, but they should have been on the lower shelf, unless, of course, they were bowls for the grandkids, which go on the top <laughs> shelf, so they can't get them. So what I did when I had to do the dishes was I, I cleaned the dishes, I took all the dishes out of the dishwasher, and I put them all on the stove. And I said, I don't know where these go, you guys put them away. And you know what they said? 
Thank you, thank you very much. Actually, this is perfect. You did this 100% perfectly. We feel this is how you should do the dishes every time. So I found an accord. I reached an accord with my parents. I'm glad because your mom is so much worse than mine. I don't know uh-huh, how yeah, she is. about cleaning stuff in particular. Like, I don't think I have ever completed a chore that was accepted successfully by your mother. Like, it doesn't matter where we are. If we're in Florida, we're at her house. I don't think we can. Like, everything is wrong. Like, we can't even clean sheets and put them on a bed correctly. Yeah, like, Sriracha will make the bed perfectly, and it'll look like military-style tucked corners. Like, we'll be able to pass inspection from the screaming drill sergeant, and my mom will come in, and she'll be like, oh, thank you. And then the moment Sriracha leaves, my mom will rip all the sheets off and do the bed again. Right, like, oh, you didn't pull it over the pillow. It's time to redo the whole thing. It's like, why even bother, man? I know. Look, I, I'll like before I leave, I'll clean the floors. But then I'll say to myself, I don't know why I'm doing this. She's just gonna clean them again after I leave. <laughs> uh, but you know, look, I am one of the rare people who like I enjoy uh, my parents. Like we, we like we go, we go out to get barbecue. We go out to restaurants. Like uh, like I have a really good time. My parents though. They don't believe that I have a food addiction. You know, like before I come home, I'll say like you need to like take all the cookies and chocolate chips and muffins and bagels and you need to put them all in a box and put that box in the fridge in the garage. Because if you don't, I'm going to be walking around just uh, just looking for them. And my mom is is like, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. So she turns around for one minute. And I find uh, I find a, a a container of icing, and some ice cream cones, and some sprinkles, and I immediately take a bunch of icing, put it in an ice cream cone, cover it in sprinkles, and start eating this icing cone as fast as I can. And then my mom comes back and she goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "I'm eating an icing cone." Just throw that away. I go, "I know, I will." Like she doesn't understand. Even the elements of food, like chocolate chips. I ate three bags of chocolate chips on this trip. I ate three bags of them. And my mom mom was like, where are the chocolate chips? I go, I ate all of them. She goes, you're even eating the chocolate chips? I'm like, I'm eating the chocolate chips, mom. I got, I got an idea. Here, why don't we do, you remember that show Wife Swap? Let's do Mom Swap because my mom is the exact opposite. My mom has transcended the need to eat. So there's never food in this fucking house. I don't know how she does it, man. I don't know how she fucking does it. She, I have never seen my mom have a full meal. Like last night, I'm, I come downstairs and I'm looking, uh, I'm scavenging. fucking food to make a meal and there's no food in this fucking house there's just the fridge is full of fucking beer and condiments so I ask her I'm like hey uh what do you want to have for dinner and she's like dinner didn't we just eat I was like what are you talking about she's like oh I had an apple two hours ago you're not absolutely stuffed from that fucking clementine that you had for lunch like no mom I need a meal my mom is constantly baking things and the thing is My mom is on Weight Watchers, so she'll bake stuff and then just put it away. She won't even enjoy it. She makes these scones, and she's, like, measured out all the ingredients for them, and she's like, each of these scones is three points. And I'm like, Mom, 
Please, when I come home, can you try not to make like cookies or candies or cakes or whatever? And she, and she's always like, "Oh, you're fine." She, she makes these fucking scones. She turns around for one second. I eat seven of them because I'm trying to eat them as fast as I can before she catches me. And all of a sudden, she turns around. I'm I have I'm shoving the ace scone in my mouth. I'm not even enjoying them. I'm trying to like pack them in there like a like a chimney sweep trying to clean out a flu. She's like, "What are you doing? Where did all the scones I made? I was making I was making the scones for 2021. This was these 20 scones were my year's worth of scones." <laughs> Yay, with some more scones, mom. Oh, that's great. Your mom thinks you don't have a food addiction. My mom thinks I don't have a job. <laughs> I don't know what she thinks. She'll, she comes home. Literally, this ha- This is a daily occurrence for her. She'll come home. She'll be like, oh, did you just sit on the computer all day? Why don't you get a job? I'm like, mom, what do you think? I have my own health insurance. Where do you think this money is coming from? Her brain, she just cannot wrap her brain around the idea that I work from my house. I don't go to a physical job. She comes home and she's like, is New York expensive? And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty expensive. She's like, how do you pay for things without a job? And I'm like, mom, I have a job. Don't paychecks sometimes literally get sent to your mom's house? Yes! Yeah, yes! like, yes, because, like, you have some old contractors that you have, like, established relationships with. And it's just, like, she sees the money. She probably helps you deposit it with her camera phone. Like, Mom! She does! She does! And I don't know where she thinks this money is coming from. But there's, like, no logical connect there. She is convinced that I do not have a job. That is the boomerist fucking thing, though, where it's just like, if it hasn't happened to me, it doesn't happen to anyone. It doesn't exist, yeah. Uh, I don't make my money on the internet, thus it is impossible. <laughs> right, yes, exactly. What do you, like, what do you mean you don't have a job in a hospital? Isn't that what everybody does? That's what everybody, oh, and my God, she loves to bitch about the hospital. Like, she loves to come home and be like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I had to go into work at 3 a.m. And I'm like, well, sorry you chose to work at a place that doesn't close. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Oh my God. And my mom isn't even the worst. My dad is the worst. Cause my dad is the total opposite. My dad is just a world anarchist. Like he f- obeys no fucking authority. His head, his brain completely fucking rotted out of his skull by Tucker Carlson. And so I'm in the process of trying to deprogram him, but it doesn't, it doesn't work because boomers believe everything they see on fucking Facebook. I thought it would get better when my dad got banned from Facebook, but it <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, like daughter, like father, you've both been banned from Facebook so many times. You know how many times my mom's been banned from Facebook? Zero times. My dad doesn't even really understand what Facebook is. I don't know that he's ever seen it. How did your dad get banned from Facebook? Um. Okay, so my dad allegedly uh, committed a felony crime, which means he is allegedly not allowed to own handguns, but allegedly he does own handguns. So he got into an argument with someone over something. My dad is like so political now and I fucking hate it. He got in an argument over something political and the guy, I guess, called him a name. So he posted a picture of himself holding a gun at the camera with the implication that he would be shooting the person who received the photo and that earned him a lifetime ban. That was like the straw that broke the camel's back that earned him a lifetime ban from Facebook. 
I can just imagine your dad's defense now. I was just threatening to shoot my webcam. My webcam's been acting up lately. Fucking hate that thing. Can't wait to break into my webcam's house in the middle of the night and shoot it. Shoot it five times in the back of the head while my webcam's wife screams, why didn't you do this? <laughs> He's not allowed to own firearms. Why are you posting pictures? Oh my God. I try Asterios every day, my mission. Every time I come home and visit my parents, I my mission is to try to deprogram my dad and get him to open his fucking eyes and see that the world that he lives in does not line up with the world as Tucker Carlson is telling him it is. Like, his house is not being constantly threatened to be burned down by Antifa thugs. <laughs> but he just <laughs> does not realize it. Here's an example. We were sitting in the car the other day. And so you know how uh, they stopped selling a couple Dr. Seuss books because they had m lines in them that were probably racially insensitive? Yeah, uh, yeah, like, two years ago this happened. Yes, I remember the Dr. Seuss thing. Well, my dad is still fucking furious. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting in the car, and my dad is like, hey, did you hear that the Democrats are trying to cancel Dr. Seuss? And I was like, Dad, that's not happening. He's like, yeah, they're going to make Dr. Seuss books illegal. And I said, Dad, Dr. Seuss books are not illegal. The company chose to stop selling a couple of books because they weren't selling well and they had lines in them that were not nice to black people. And he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And he starts going off. And so I ask him, this is the question I ask everybody when they start bitching about the Dr. Seuss thing. I'm like, okay, well, which one was your favorite? <laughs> because it's never the books that anybody remembers. So I'm like, dad, uh, which Dr. Seuss book that they stopped selling is your favorite? And he says, oh, I like the one about if I owned the zoo. And I was like, well, what's that about? Because I think he's just bluffing and he's never actually read it. Of he's course. Like, it's about, <laughs> and he said, I shit you not, this is almost a direct quote. It's about putting Chinese people in zoos. And I'm like, I, of course, I've never read it. So I'm like, Dr. Seuss wrote a book about putting Chinese people in zoos. And he says, yeah, it says if I ran the zoo, I'd put all the Chinese people in the zoo. And I'm like, and you don't think that's racist at all. Like, this is totally, totally fine. And he's like, yeah, I would also put black people in the zoo. I'm like, God damn it. Can we have one conversation that doesn't end up being fucking content for my podcast? Whoa, that's heavy, Sriracha. I just want to let you know, as a Chinese person, it's pretty heavy that your dad, that possibly my future father-in-law is like... I can't wait to put my son-in-law in the zoo to be gawked at. Maybe they'll throw Mushu pork at him. <laughs> I don't even think it's like an Asian hate crime thing. I think he just thinks it's fucking it funny. It kind of sounds like an Asian hate. I'm just going to let you know, as a Chinese person, I'm not looking forward to being put in a zoo with one of the giant pianos <laughs> from Big on it and being forced to jump up and down and play chopsticks. I'm not looking forward to that, Sriracha. I'm not looking forward to living in your dad's red-pilled Beast World Zoo. Well, here's another example. We were sitting down. We were eating. Uh, we went to a Chinese buffet. Lord, Lord bless the world. The pandemic. Nature is healing. We can go to Chinese. Oh, my dad also will not get COVID vaccinated. Yeah, he was holding out for vaccine treats because for a hot second there, there was like, hey, if you get the vaccine, we'll enter you in a. Hey, crazy people, you like guns? We're gonna give you a gun. <laughs> <laughs> 
They were giving away guns for shots? Shots for shots? That's brill. Oh my God. Oh, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard. They need to just go farther with it. We'll give away Confederate flags, these old band super racist Dr. Seuss books where we're putting Asterios Coconos <laughs> in a zoo. Uh, we'll give away the best of Tucker Carlson on 45 DVDs. That, oh, that's such a great way to get people vaccinated. Yeah, no, so my dad was holding out. He's like, I want to get paid for the shot. But then I think the government realized that, like, ah, fuck it. Enough people aren't clinically insane. <laughs> They're just going and getting it. So we pretty much got herd immunity. We're going to stop giving you money. Then my dad transitioned to the vaccine has microchips in it, which is a very interesting concept to me because it implies that he would be fine with getting microchips <laughs> if the vaccine rewards were high enough. That's uh, what I told Sriracha is I told her, like, tell your dad that they're giving away two hundred dollar visa gift cards to anyone who gets vaccinated, but that the form is really complicated and be like, I'll fill out the form for you. And I was like, and then I'll just buy your dad a fucking visa gift card so that my future father in law doesn't end up fucking dead in a ditch of COVID-19. But of course, this was before I found out that he wanted to put me in a zoo. We <laughs> bought it a stereo zoo. I don't like it. We put a stereos in the zoo and we throw Mushu pork in. I don't like it at all. A, I would prefer to be cashew chicken. B, I still don't like it. <laughs> Uh, what else? Oh, okay. My dad was also, we were talking about, uh, at this buffet we were eating. This is where I originally went off. Every fucking time I visit my dad, I have great news stories about the insane shit that he hears on the internet and just parrots. It is so fucking funny to me that when I was a kid and the internet was a new thing, my parents were both like, you better be careful on the internet because people can just make up stuff that a 14-year-old boy you're chatting with could be a sex pervert, 55-year-old man in Florida. And now my dad is like, yeah, they're banning apple pie because I saw it on Infowars. <laughs> I, this was the point where I just got fucking infuriating. I was like, there is a grocery store right there. Are you telling me if you don't stop this fucking car, I go inside, I cannot buy an apple pie because the Democrats banned it because it's racist. And he's like, no, they didn't ban it yet, but they're going to ban it. I'm like, no, they are not. Shut up. You need to get off the fucking internet. I'm going to go to your fucking house and cut the ethernet cord because your brain is melting. Clearly he is looking for a reaction from you. He's like trying to do that thing where he's like, I'm going to freak out my liberal daughter so I can talk about it on the telegram where we're planning our next hate rally. This was after the apple pie shit. I was like, uh, yeah, dad. Uh, also there are, did you know that there's lasers on the moon? Trying to put lasers on the moon and they're pointed at America. And that's why it's so hot out is because China is shining its moon lasers at us 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Don't worry about it. No, don't Google it. Uh, I saw it on Tucker Carlson. So you can totally believe me. <laughs> So the coup de grace, Asterios, the coup de grace of this fucking shit fit of a trip. I think my brother is even getting fucking sick of my dad because my brother is like pushing back too. I think my brother is a sneaky little, uh, sneaky little Republican voter, but uh, he's even starting to push back against my dad's insane bullshit. We were having dinner the other day. I, it was a nice dinner. I made salmon. I made uh, shrimp stew. We had bread. It was great. My dad just out of nowhere says, Hey, Sierra, are you racist? And I said, 
I don't think so. I try not to be because I'm not explaining the concept of institutionalized racism to my father. No way. You cannot pay me money to do that. And he says, I think I'm a racist. I was like, what was your first clue? When you wanted to put Chinese people in zoos. Wait, okay. Was he like, I think I'm a racist and I want to fix it. Or was he like, I think I'm a racist, and it feels great. I've never felt more alive. It was so fucking bizarre because he says, I think I'm a racist. I think I'm six out of ten on the racism scale is what he said. He told me he thinks I'm three out of ten. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's better than uh, ten out of ten, but whatever. Uh, He was talking about how he thinks he's a racist, and then he immediately went into a monologue about how he does believe that society itself is racist. And he starts talking about like how property taxes go fund schools and how that puts black people at a disadvantage. And then he immediately goes into, but black people know nothing about investing. And I was like, I am getting whiplash from this conversation. I want to jump back to the racism scale, actually. (laughs) Before we go deeper... It sounds like your dad may have taken an online quiz. You know what I mean? It sounds like it. It sounds like it. You know what I mean? He's like, it's like, I wonder if your dad is starting to have second thoughts about being a racist. Uh, My dad had some pretty killer moments on this trip, too. We were watching uh, the the, uh, Derek Chauvin trial. Derek Chauvin. Oh, boy. For those who don't know, Derek Chauvin is the guy that uh, killed uh, George Floyd. And uh, we're watching the trial, and Derek Chauvin's lawyer is is up there, and, and he's like, hey, you know, this guy's got a tough job, and you know, it's tough to be a cop, and blah, blah, blah. And my dad just goes, you think this guy ever missed a meal? <laughs> Owned. And I'm like, what? And then all of a sudden, like, my dad just starts rattling off a bunch of fat jokes about Derek Chauvin's lawyer. My dad's like, uh, you think this guy wears the pants with the elastic waistband? And I'm like, you wear those pants, Dad. You wear those pants. He's like, he's like, I know, but he wears them too. You think this guy likes pleats? And then my dad starts going, this guy seems like one of those guys that has to wear sneakers everywhere. I'm like, I don't know that they let him wear sneakers at the courthouse. He goes, well, you got to make an exception for these fat guys. And I'm like, fucking great. Oh, my God. But then Derek Chauvin's mom hops up on the stand. Oh, God. And, and like, I thought about bringing this in for Apology of the Week, but then I was like, nah, this is too political. But, like, in short, Derek Chauvin's mom, like, she doesn't open with saying, like, hey, I know that the Chauvin's kids are here, and uh, you'll never get your father back, and I'm so sorry. Like, but also, like, you know, please show mercy, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's like there's a way to do it. But instead, the mom just gets up there. And like one of the first things she said is she's like, I believe my son is innocent. Great. Awesome. And it's like, ooh. And then she starts going. And then she says like, uh, Your Honor, please remember that when you're sentencing my son, you're also sentencing me. And it's like, way to make this whole thing about you, lady. Like, way to make this about you. And so I start going. I'm like, oh, this lady. I'm like, lady, you're doing this all wrong. You got to open with like a quick apology to the Chauvin family. And you got to say you don't understand. You'll never understand what they're going through. And then you can start talking about how your son's a good cop. 
And my dad goes, we know, Asteris, we know you're very smart. And I'm like, ouch! <laughs> oh, my God! I think my dad just, just in a very offhanded way, just cut to the core of who I am entirely. I'm a dumb person who's constantly trying to prove to the world that he's smart. And I remembered in second grade, in second grade, my teacher split up our class into the smart side and the dumb side. What the fuck? I what w- year was that? Uh, I don't know, 1996 or something. I went to Catholic school. And like in Catholic school, there's no rules. It's it's a lot like Outback Steakhouse. No rules, just right. Only everything was, is wrong. <laughs> Only I every- was about to say that. It's no rules, completely wrong. Well, actually, also like Outback Steakhouse, they give you bread. I mean, they were communion wafers uh, that tasted way worse than that awesome brown bread you get from Outback Steakhouse. God, I love that brown bread so much. But um, but anyway, yeah, I, I and I got put on the dumb side of the class. And I think that's why I'm the way I am. I think that's why, like, I get off on these little, like, blowhard rants and I'm always like (laughs) giving PR advice and then I remembered another thing that my Catholic school did like this dad making this like one comment gave me like a giant I I just immediately got transported back to Catholic school Jesus Christ that was an existential insult (laughs) yeah there's like only your parents can can like say one thing that exposes the inner core of who you are and um I remembered that for a couple of weeks, during the morning announcements, after all the morning announcements were done, they would play the entirety of Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because they thought that song was about God. And I, I, I don't know, it might be. I haven't heard it in forever. But like, we would just be sitting there, and all of a sudden, like over the loudspeakers, like over these tinny loudspeakers, it'd be like, <laughs> and I guess they thought the wind was Jesus. They thought that Jesus was the hero. I think Bette Midler's Jewish. Almost positive Bette Midler is Jewish, but uh, they, they really fucking liked it. And so I start thinking about Catholic school again, and I start talking about Catholic school, and then my dad goes, ha, 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 remember when you started crying because we wouldn't let you become an altar boy? And I go, <laughs> I go, I know, Dad, I know. And my mom goes, they found another priest from your Catholic school that was a child molester. <laughs> Yes. And my mom goes, my mom goes, that's all of them. And then she pulls up a little list of them on her phone. Like she's kept a little list. And and I of go the child molesters? Yes. And I go, I go, oh my God, that is all of them. I go, this one priest, we all loved him because he would bring in his dog to school. And he would put his dog in the school uniform. And I all of a sudden, I remembered, like, my priest bringing in, like, a big old basset hound that he put in the, in, like, we all had to wear, like, a little, like, 
Catholic school yellow polo shirt. <laughs> and like he put the dog in the polo shirt. And my dad was like, yeah, he probably used that dog to get kids through the door. <laughs> oh, my God. And it worked on you. Of course it worked on me. But, but here's the thing I don't like. They bring this up a lot. Like, my parents bring up a lot. Like, ha, ha, ha. We saved you from being raped. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is like the sixth or seventh time they've brought this up in my life. They just love lording it over me. That I cried because they wouldn't let me be an altar boy. Like they just like it's like it's like guys, guys, you can't use this every time. Like like Asterios, you did a very bad job. Uh, you did a very bad job washing the sheets, and also we saved you from being raped. <laughs> it's like God, this can't be your go-to. We should, Asterios, you forgot to do the dishes. I wish I could go back in time and let you be the altar boy. <laughs> All I wanted to do was ring the bells. I wanted to be an altar boy because you could ring these little bells. You got to hand out wine and bread. I just thought, I thought it was cool. Why did I think being an altar boy was cool? I have no... Oh, my God. Oh, right. Now I remember because all of the cool kids... Wow, this is kind of fucked up, I'm realizing now. All the cool kids were getting molested. All the, the coolest kids in my class, Bryce and Ryan and Pat, they were all altar boys. I wanted to be like those cool kids. Not so cool now, are you guys? <laughs> yeah, suck it. <laughs> yeah, <Get a> touch. <laughs> I guess the guy that I guess the guy that figured out how to code websites with his 14-4 modem. Not such a nerd after all. Seems like the guy with the Dilbert T-shirt is the cool one now. <laughs> you know what's even cooler than cool? Not getting molested. <laughs> God damn. First of all, let me say that uh, I love that story about the Derek Chauvin trial because my mom would absolutely do the exact same shit. Like, she'd go up there and be like, my daughter has disgraced me. <laughs> she has embarrassed me. To, like, I could kill a fucking shoot up a school or something. And my mom would be like, I am so distressed. I couldn't even watch 90 Day Fiance last night. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> like, she would find a way to turn it into herself. Now that you got me thinking about it, there were like a lot of child molesters in authority roles in my school. I don't know why. I thought that was just like California didn't vet its teachers well enough. But now that I think about it, in my course of my lifetime, two teachers got arrested for being pedophiles, like while they were actively teaching. And also, one the band teacher fucking married a student and got fired because they found out he was fucking that student when she was like 16. Why the fuck? What the fuck? Okay. I think I've got a new rule, and I don't think it could help your case, but I think it could have helped in my case. <laughs> Let's just say kids aren't allowed to go to church. How about that? Oh, my God, yes! I would have loved that rule. Yes, yeah, exactly. Look, these kids fucking, they're not going to get it anyway, all right? They're not going to get it. They're, just, they're sitting there on the pews just fucking waiting until they can pull out their Nintendo DS in the car. Like... Church is a nightmare to kids. They don't understand the big fancy words, the these and days and nows. All the songs in church suck. They're all a bunch of shitty 
fucking songs like we know that's where the rapists are. We know the church is where the rapists are. We've known this for 30 years. If we banned kids from church, A, the kids would have a much better time. B, they would start to think that religion was a cool thing that only adults were allowed to have. And they might like actually start reading the Bible secretly on their own. You know what oh I mean? Oh my god. Yes, we make it like bars and strip clubs, both of which suck, but if you know that it's only for adults. Yes. Exactly. Like you can't wait until you turn until you turn 21 and you can go to a bar. Like you can't wait until you could turn 18 and start smoking a cigarette. Like uh yes. And then uh you know, just no kids allowed. Just no kids allowed in church. This helps everybody. Then, like, 75-year-olds can still go to church and do the handshaking thing and drink, take a little sippy cup of Jesus' blood. Like, they're not going to fucking mind. Kids aren't going to fucking mind. In fact, the only people that are going to mind are huge pedophiles. And, like, I kind of don't care about their opinion. Yeah, the kids will fucking love it. And also, uh, when they pass out the wine, we could just give COVID to all of the boomers. You know, the, the, the wine glass that they wipe with the magic cloth that somehow destroys germs that everybody sips out of. God, that's probably where COVID-19 started, now that I think about it. If that thing was a sham wow, I feel like we could have killed COVID-19 <laughs> if they fucking used a sham wow on that thing. And you know what? Uh, something else we can say to these boomers is kids have germs. Kids are where colds come from. These like snotty, runny-nosed, little coughing and sneezing kids, they're going to get you sick and you're going to die. It's better for you that they're not there. It's be like it's better for the kids that they're not there. It's worse for the priests that they're not there. But I don't care about that. I love this plan. I love this plan and I hate pedophiles. <laughs> All right, well, hey, that's a pretty good note to end on. Sorry this episode is a little bit shorter. Uh, Sriracha's traveling. Uh, we're having a, some technical problems and this and that, uh, but we wanted to give you a show this week. Oh, speaking of this week, uh, don't forget that today, the day you're listening to this, is the last day you can upgrade your pledge to the $15 level to get our awesome monthly card and sticker pack. Sriracha, can you tell people about this month's sticker one more time? Oh, this month's sticker, as drawn by the beautiful, talented, extraordinary Mimi Yori, is Rand Paul's Anime Punchers. It's Rand Paul knocking Nagatoro-san in her fucking dumb cunt face. Uh, there's blood. She's still doing the face. It's amazing. I can't wait. I'm going to put it on my laptop. Don't forget, you also get a jacked trading card uh, uh, with art from the incomparable Greg Lanzara. This is our 11th trading card for all 2021. You're getting a Jack trading card every single month. And uh, there's a new episode of Jacked Out. Jacked episode seven just dropped, I think, uh, on Monday or it dropped a couple of days ago. It's a really great episode uh, <laughs> where uh, me and uh, my partner, Jeffrey Golden, are furiously driving a van filled with a dying man and explosives through a cyberpunk city, trying to defuse a bomb while keeping a guy alive while outrunning terrorists. It's a really great episode. That's it for this week's Loudest Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye!